Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 272. I'm your host, uh, Mike, awaiting my Embracer buyout apps. And with me as always... Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, David McBurney, Family Master. Yes, and we are tired, so this episode is going to be short. I'm aiming for a <laughs> half... also recording it very early. <laughs> yes, aiming for like, honestly, like half an hour to 45 minutes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's see if we can reach our lofty goals. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's been playing? What's you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a good amount of Xenoblade Chronicles Three, <coughs> which is very good. Um, but um, yeah, I think I talked about this last time about how. There's a lot of side quests that are a lot more impactful to the game than I think existed in either one or two. So yeah, like I just did, did one that's like it's clearly not required, but it's like wow, this provides an extreme amount of backstory and context to some of the characters that I would have completely missed otherwise. I'm going to have to do all of these now. This I love and hate this. <laughs> Life is ruined. Yes. Also, hello, Pew. Yes, we're this is just, we're doing a short show, so I'm just I just need something I can just shut something off my brain for. Awake. Yes, <laughs> a shut off my brain for, and B keep me awake. So just grinding some Apex Mobile while uh, we're recording this. But yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is very good. Uh, also, a new season of Destiny Two just started, which coincided yeah. with some weird Fortnite collaboration complete oh, yeah, with the the new area uh, you can go to to talk to some NPCs has a dilapidated battle bus <laughs> just sitting on the street why not um, came from the moon. but hey it's whatever it's a it's a fun collab the skins in Fortnite are really cool uh yeah, uh, Pew's distract me. The dude was masters, apparently. I'm still sad they didn't add Cade. Yeah, they didn't put Cade in Fortnite, unfortunately, because he did. Didn't realize the Destiny had characters? They, they um, do. They do, and Cade was kind of the one that, the only one that people really cared about, to be honest. And then they killed him. And then they killed him, yeah. Well, it, it may have had something to do with his voice actor maybe they were having trouble booking him because he was voiced by nathan fillion oh yeah he probably was slightly yeah. more uh difficult to keep around than the other ones yeah who are career voice actors Let's see. um but yeah uh, the only thing I know about Destiny is that they apparently promised to stop sunsetting expansions. Yes, which, I mean, I'm actually not happy about because <laughs> the install size of the game is already big, and what they basically are telling me is it's going to get bigger now. It's going to so. keep getting bigger, buddy. I had at least one friend that was like, still just sort of like, on principle, upset about the concept of that. But I mean, also like, irritated about how uh, playing old content just generally wasn't very fun or fulfilling. So, yeah. I mean, l listen, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Y you don't want your content to be removed, but like, 
Destiny 2 has gotten a lot better, and a lot of the old expansions are garbage, and we don't need them. You've outgrown the need for these expansions. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um... Just need another hard drive, easy PC. I mean, all these live service games are just getting bigger, Pew. I can't. Can't. They want to move you onto the cloud. Um, but yeah. Uh, I can't take more Destiny talk or I'll die. So yeah, okay, gonna... that's fine. <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything else to say other than that. Then it's pirate themed, which is kind of fun. Space pirates, whatever. It's fun. Uh, and I've pirates. gone back to play, trying to play, go back to Dot Hack on the side. And, and it looks like I'm nearing the end of part two because I just hit major plot twist. Oh, nice. Involving character. Character. <laughs> character you thought was a good guy <coughs> I was actually behind lots of plot points do you know triage apparently not <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been fun yep yeah but yeah uh, mostly xenoblade it's big it's going to be sucking up a lot of time and uh, just Dragon Ball stuff on the side, which is going to continue. I've been watching. For the foreseeable future. Yeah. Until my own cruise. I, I <laughs> toyed around with rewatching Dragon Ball Z, but I'm just going to continue on with Super because that's been fun and it's stuff I haven't seen. So. That's something, at least, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh... Yeah, uh, I've been still playing uh, uh, Trails in the Sky. I'm on the third chapter of the first chapter. Do not ask. Um, I think I've done most of the side quests in that chapter, so mostly plot left, and that will take a while, but it's less finicky. Um, and then there will be the final chapter of the first chapter, and then I'll move on to part two. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that reminds me. I just wanted to mention uh, thank you to Plotty M3 and Saitan for giving me tips on how to possibly finally finish Cold Steel 1. Thank you. It's nice. It's nice to dream. Yeah. But yeah. Uh... Yeah, no, apparently, apparently I'm being egged on into multiple... Uh, different uh, diverging things in our podcast chat now. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they want they want it all, and they want it now. Q guitar yeah, solo. Uh, but yeah, so I'll try to finish some more Patreon essays, and I'll keep working on trails. I am bound and determined. But yeah. Uh otherwise uh, I played when I when I need a break from uh slow paced JRPG, I have been playing more PS two platformers. Uh started up concurrently Sly Two and Jack Two and those are fascinatingly weird games. Uh for very different reasons. But uh both uh, huge shakeups on their predecessors, which was, you know, very interesting, and uh, I uh, am enjoying both immensely. Sweet. 
So that's fun. But that's kind of the, the long and short of what I have been playing. Uh, we actually uh, we got some new questions from Fireminer. Probably won't Sweet. be able to hit all of these, but we can hit a couple of them. Uh, uh, hmm. Oh, do you want to talk about the Embracer stuff first? Do you want to oh, yeah, we do need to do that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, hold on. We got to come in here. Uh, Budai says, Wheels, can I apologize to you? You were on the best show on RP Gamer. I was just being a drunk as old you. Budai, I think we should both apologize to each other because I think we can both be stubborn asses. And um, I was actually going to reach out to you at some point to apologize. Uh, so, yeah, it's. Yeah. Let's, let's try and be. Yeah, it's water under the bridge. Let's try and be better to each other. Because uh, you have definitely contributed like a million questions to the show in, in the past. I always like a loyal listener. Yes, <laughs> we greatly appreciate you. So, yeah, no, no worries, man. It's all good. No, it's 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 all good. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's especially. But, yeah. I, I just want to say, especially like in a text-based chat, like it's can often be hard to like tell the tone of people. Like, is this a joke yeah, or are you being an ass? So. Um, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, I, I, I'm never going to take anything like that totally to heart. So it's all good. Don't worry about it. And, you know, feel free to hit us up with some more questions in the future. We'd love to have them. Yeah. What was I saying? No, do you want to do the Embracer oh, yeah, stuff? The so they bought a, a lot, lot of things. <laughs> Weird patch of things, yeah. Like not like just just an extraordinarily strange set of objects. And uh, the announcement of all of them at the same time was especially weird. Yeah, they really like to like they never eat one thing at once. They eat an entire yeah. buffet. But, uh, but just waking up to that was like, wait, wait, what? They bought who and what? What? Why? Yeah. So they bought. Um, the uh, what was actually the full breadth of these acquisitions. Yeah, I mean the real surprise. Oh, there is a there is now a Wikipedia page called "List of Mergers and Acquisitions by the Embracer Group." Oh, jeez. Uh, like the um, the limited run games one was really just felt like out of the blue to me. I did not see that it one coming. Fits in with their stated claims about caring a lot about preservation, so that one didn't surprise me entirely. Yeah. We'll see if they but actually do that, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently, like, everyone who talks about, who works at, uh, at Limited Runs, at least for the time being, is saying they're being left well enough alone, so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Limited Run is now part of Embracer. I would imagine that special edition versions of later uh, of Embracer Group games over the next few years will probably find their way migrating to Limited Run. That would be cool. It would make sense to me. Yeah, and uh, that, it could mean that you know limited run games might have more resources to work with to kind of maybe expedite the speed at which some of those special editions come out and things like that. You're just impatient about your copy of Code Talk too. Uh, no, no. I mean that. Yeah, I know. Like that, I just bought digitally anyway. So. <laughs> I'm wait. I'm gonna pick that up once the restored content DLC comes out. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we do need to briefly talk about that as well, but we'll wait for a minute. Um, not about uh, KOTOR 2, but about KOTOR in general, because yeah. uh, things shift through. But uh, yeah, uh, they bought Pripwire? Uh, Makers of Maneater? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here she comes. Uh, Maneater, Killing Floor. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, can't say I'm too familiar with their actual, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't say I'm too familiar with, uh, a lot of their games other than Maneater, but. Were they the Killing Floor people? Yeah, they were the Killing Floor people. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, and, yeah, um, let's see. So we've also got a Swedish company that I think I've heard the name of once called Tuxedo Labs. Uh, yeah, they made something called Teardown. I've never heard of it, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it must have some cl uh, clout because they bought it. Uh, another Swedish company uh, called Bitwave Games. No idea what that is. Uh, just upset they bought. A Japanese... Oh, yeah, they bought Tatsujin. This is the weirdest weirdest thing they did. Uh, Tatsujin is the earthly remains of a company called Toplan. Huh. And Toplan made uh, a lot of old-school shooters, a lot of well-loved old-school shooters among uh, old-school shooter fans. Uh, but they all have uh, ridiculous names, like uh, Tiger Heli is one of theirs. Uh... But most infamously, Zero Wing. Hmm. Uh, thing about Toplan is that any company Wait, that Zero Wing, very... what, what is that one? Oh, your base are Blanca. Okay, that's what um, I thought, and I was like, that. And I yeah. know that name. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Toplan, uh, all their their catalog uh, is entirely shooters, entirely like vertical and side scrolling shooters. Uh, but yeah, uh, beloved at the time, uh, and when they exploded, they exploded into like three different companies that are like the only companies that still make vertical and side-scrolling shooters. Uh, companies like Cave and uh, Aiding, uh, which at the time was known as Rising, and I think Psycho might also trace their lineage to Toplin in some fashion. But basically, uh, they... Any company that is still in the business of making that kind of shooter can probably trace a lineage back to Toplan. So that was a really weird thing to purchase, but again, makes a certain amount of sense when you, uh, if if you take them at their word, they're weirdo nerds that want to preserve games. Yeah. Uh, current like that that catalog was owned by a company called Tatsujin, and I'm. Not, I haven't looked into it too closely, but I'm given to understand that it's sort of like how uh, the uh, Kunio-kun and Double Dragon developer Technosoft uh, like went out of business in like 1995, and all of its IP got folded into a holding company called Million, and then like eventually Arc System Works bought out Million. Uh, I, I think it's a similar situation with uh, Tatsujin. Hmm. So. 
Uh, that's that's the lineage by which they bought essentially the entire Toplin catalog. Super weird, uh, but I mean, if I had too much money, I would absolutely purchase uh, <laughs> Toplin. Um, but yeah, and uh, the weirdest thing and the hardest one to disentangle is that they bought uh, some portion of Middle Earth Enterprises. Yeah, what? So that's not. That's not as much of the Lord of the Rings rights as you think, but it's still a weird thing to purchase in any uh, in any context. Uh, I forget what portion. Uh, I don't think they own all of them, but they like obviously it's something called Middle Earth Enterprises that was formerly known as Tolkien Enterprises. They own a significant portion of the rights to Lord of the Rings. Uh, basically, uh, everything to do with the video game rights is now owned by Embracer Group at this point. I would think. <laughs> Remember that FF10 Lord of the Ring clone? Yes, that was. Yeah, Third Age. That was. Uh, that was weird. That game made a great deal more sense when it was when I was reminded. Oh, EA only has the movie rights and can't show anything that wasn't in the movies. <laughs> So, like, everything has to be based on the movie. There's, like, one set. There's, like, three enemies that they can use. Oof. And everything is just some new some new jack-off following a movie character who has 10,000 HP. <laughs> People wanted a Lord of the Rings RPG, but they, yeah. uh, they wanted yeah. one where you had access to the book rights. Uh, yeah. And then um, there was the War in the North, the game I tried to review. Yeah, and then it broke. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a shame. I really, actually, really liked that game. Mm -hmm. It didn't like me back, though. Anyway, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to give some idea of how weird the Lord of the Rings rights are at this point. Uh, the Tolkien estate about 10 years back sued Tolkien Enterprises. <laughs> uh, so, oh, thank, you yeah. for the, thank you for the follow, Kibu22. Mm -hmm. Hi, can I join you? No, sorry. <laughs> Not at the moment. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the Lord of the Rings rights are extremely complicated and they now have some piece of them that probably makes a lot more sense to their lawyers than it would to anyone else. Yeah. Uh, but that was the eye-grabbing part of it because it's like, when you read they bought Middle-Earth Enterprises, it's like, did they, did they buy Lord of the Rings? And the answer is no. Yeah. But they bought a significant stake in it. Uh, but yeah. And uh, speaking of the Embracer Watch, Embracer Report that we do approximately once every two weeks, uh, <laughs> we just heard about what's become the what the fate of the Kotor remake is. Oh yeah. Uh, for those who weren't keeping track, it was being developed by Aspire out of I think Texas. Yeah, they're in, they're in Texas. Yeah, it was being developed at Aspire, uh, and then. Uh, some disastrous like milestone review from uh, a combination of Sony and Disney 
who are the money behind the project, uh, caused them to uh, lose faith and uh, some sort of uh, card shuffling deck reshuffle happened. And now it is no longer at Aspire, it's at uh, Saber Interactive, at one of their Eastern European studios. Uh, not sure uh, what that will look like because uh, Saber Interactive uh, has more experience porting AAA games, but I don't know if they have much experience making games from the ground up, so I have no idea what that's going to be. Well, hey, that sounds like a spire. <laughs> yeah! Uh, I, I feel uh, like they're shuffling this project around in the wrong studios. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of the things, like, they have a lot of studios, they don't have a lot of studios with experience with this kind of project. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what that looks like, uh, to like, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons to move from one to the other. And like Saber is a very technically talented studio, much in the way that Aspire is a very technically talented studio. Mm. I have no idea what that's going to look like under them. Uh, realistically, the game's not going to be out for at least three years. Mm. Yeah. It, uh, by all accounts started development in 2018. <laughs> You ever think about how how much time it took to develop the original so far? Uh, yes, actually. It was like eighteen months to two years. Oh, jeez. Would uh, I ask this? Wonder how bad it really was. Um, it would be really hard to yeah. tell because, like, the thing the thing about it is, uh, license holders who are doing that kind of review maybe don't have like a great idea of what a good vertical slice actually looks like. And it, it's been a long time, but Sony over many years has often had very strange ideas about what a game should look like before it comes out. Uh, I, I will never get over... Uh, in the early aughts, there was going to be a Daredevil game meant to tie in with the with the Daredevil movie from like 2003 and Sony for some ungodly reason like they were they had some sort of piece of the movie and for some ungodly reason they were really insistent that it needed to have grinding like Tony Hawk and like all these weird Why? features and systems uh, were like at their behest of the platform uh, owner on the PS2, the developer felt obliged to keep uh, capitulating to what they wanted. And then eventually Marvel saw it and was like, why, why can he do that? That's not that's not a Daredevil thing. But what? And so between the two, it was impossible to create a game that both of them would be satisfied with. Ugh. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah, Sony's approval process uh, probably changed a lot in the past 20 years, but at the same time, they are not a company known for... Uh, being uh, 100% reasonable about what they demand of their uh, developers. <laughs> so uh, it's it's impossible at this point to say whether uh, the requests that were, uh, wh whether the uh, vertical slice that was allegedly shown uh, to Disney and Sony was actually like a bad vertical slice or if it was shown to people that uh, 
have peculiar ideas of what it should have looked like. Uh, but yeah, uh, whatever the case, uh, I, I would suspect that if we ever hear about it, it won't be for at least another five years. Yeah. Someone, someone's got to both have been fired and let their NDA expire, and then probably talk to someone that promises not to say who they are. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's uh, AAA development's rough. All, all game development is rough. AAA development is a very specific kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I. So yeah, KOTOR uh, remake uh, coming maybe circa 2025. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, to, to close out our Embracer group watch, hey, they released a game. Mm. So, uh, dear friends, Volition. Uh, I like Volition a lot, and I wanted very good for this game. Yeah. I, um, may, I may just buy it. Just because, just out of brand just, loyalty. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's just a developer I've liked, and their last game was. Um, let's not talk about their last game. We'll not uh, discuss them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but see, my my problem with trying to figure out whether is this a good game, should I buy this or not, is the internet decided this game was bad when it was announced. Yeah, they were unhappy with the initial trailer and yeah. like. So, like that's the thing that you kind of run into with with a lot of media, but like basically, like it's really hard to overcome that first impression or like a bad impression. Like when you know when the knives come out, it's hard to get people to put them put them away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that's necessarily coloring like all the rev the bad reviews, but but like the the fan reaction has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like it's the answer is that uh, people are saying it's getting savage, and the answer is that it's mostly getting like six and sevens. Yeah, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is actually not, this is lower, but not that lower than what the original games were getting generally. Yeah, like the first Saints Row got like high, uh, unexpectedly high sevens. Yeah. Uh, Two, two, I think, was the peak of the series critical receptions, and I was like, ah, oh, this is an enthusiastic eight. Uh, it's one of those things like you you run into those and it's like the thing about Saints Row was that it was a game that was better than people expected out of it. Yeah. And now that people have like have had years and years away from it, they remember it very fondly, and that means they have very high expectations for it. And that was kind of never what it was good at. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, if if you, people would actually look at Volition with, you know, a fair eye, they were always like a, let's call it a... Not like a dog of a company. They were always like, <laughs> let's say, a double-A developer for the most part. Yeah. Like, they're not yeah. pushing out, like, a, a crazy, amazing games, but they were always, you know, like, solid. No, they were, they were pushing out games that was like, oh, I can, this is, this is something fun that I can play that I don't have to, like, feel like I need to devote my entire life to... And you know, I can have a good time with this. This was uh, they were very good at the B plus game, and the B plus game is sometimes what you want to be playing. Uh, but yeah, uh, and, and it doesn't help that uh, the last game called Saints Row uh, came out in 2015, so yeah. people have had a lot of time to grow 
perhaps uh, overly sanguine about some of the organs. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like it's fine. It looks like it's fine. It looks yeah. like if you want to play a drive around and blow shit up uh, open world game, it will probably suit you fine. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that's all those games were really doing for the most part. Like, I mean, you look back as far back as the original, and like that was what it was good at. Like, if you look at the original, uh, it, it's a fascinating game because its entire structure is built out around the fact that there just isn't a lot there. Uh, because like that was that was the obnoxious thing about Saints Row 1 and 2 was the way that they were structured. You couldn't just do the story if you wanted to. Yeah. Because you had to gain respect levels and the only way to do that was to just grind the side activity. And you had to keep doing that over and over and over and it, it got very tedious. Uh, uh but yeah, like, like in general, like people, uh, people who uh, seem to re be reviewing it uh, are basically like, because you know, again, people are reacting to these like six and sevens with, oh, it's it's getting savaged, and the answer is that most of the reviews are like, eh, this is fine, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Damn, you just yeah, talked yeah. talk me into spending sixty dollars. <laughs> Throw me the sixty dollars instead. <laughs> I mean, I probably would anyway. It's just I need like a yeah. I kind of need a brain dead game like that right now. Yeah, having having a, like there is nothing wrong with having a good brain dead game that you don't have to feel like you need to give your full attention. That's, yeah, that's an important part of why people play games. It's the same reason that like people watch shows where it's like you already know what's going to happen. You don't yeah. care. It's like yeah, it's just something to do. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I already know yeah, what's going like to happen in Dragon Ball Super, but I like the pretty colors and the explosions. Yeah, like sometimes you just want to see Goku punch that man until he yeah. dies. <laughs> Except so far, it's just been Beerus. Um, I believe that's because body if you're Goku. in the first arc, <laughs> if, if it's if you're in the first arc, it's because it's just literally an adaptation of the first movie, uh, uh, the okay. first return movie, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. Uh, and then the second arc is an adaptation of the second return movie, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. And then okay. after that, it becomes entirely unique material. Okay. Uh, and then there's the first super movie that happened, I believe, after the show concluded called Dragon Ball Super Brawly. I think it's just called Super Brawly. Yeah, I actually ordered a copy of that. Yeah, uh, by all accounts, it's very good. But yeah, um, maybe Saints Row will be redeemed at some point, and maybe it's it's fine. We'll see. I'll probably have a report yeah. on it in the near future. Like I've always had a soft spot for those games. I don't know why. They're fun. <laughs> uh, what wow. do you have for the new... Uh, DC game Arkham Knights. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'd have more hope if they weren't talking about games of service shit for it. Uh, yeah. I have hope because it's not made by the original Arkham developers. Oh uh, yeah, someone made by like uh, Montreal Studio. Yeah. 
Also, didn't realize you had that uh, that low an opinion. No, of, uh, I, 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 I really don't. I don't. I just, um, okay. I did not love the Arkham games as much as everyone else, but they are very good. I will not. I will not yeah. come on here. I would and honestly try and describe say, those solid eights, eights out of ten. Yes, I will, will not come on here and honestly say I think those games are bad because they are not. Not by a long shot. But yeah, like like, like my biggest, I, I, me and Wheels, uh, I think like a year ago, committed to eventually picking uh, picking it up and playing yeah. alongside each other. Am I getting that on PC or am I getting that on PlayStation? Uh, I was going to get it on PS5 personally. Right, I'll get it there then. But yeah. Uh, and like at the very least, uh, it won't be the worst co-op thing we've ever played together. So. <laughs> Hunted uh, the Demon Forge. God, what a time. I wonder if that garbage is backwards compatible on the Xbox. Time to find it out. Time to find it out. Uh, I'm I'm honestly curious to go and revisit and see if they ever patched it patched it up sufficiently. Yeah, it was almost it was close to being okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I I played that demo at PAX and was like, wow, this seems like some cool shit. And then it was like, wow, beyond the the demo portion of this game, this this garbage. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm mostly seeing it on uh, when I Google Hunted the Demon's Forge backwards compatibility. I'm okay. getting mostly like now that they're done adding backwards compatibility. What are games that you wish were compatible? Uh, <laughs> so, probably not. Yeah, there were a few of those that I wished became backwards compatible that didn't like. Residence of Fate, although I have that on PS4 now, so that's, that's all good. Yeah. Did that ever get a Switch port? It should No, it did not. I don't think we've gotten any Tri-Ace game. Oh, no, we got... There's, there Star is Star Wars Departure, Star Wars Departure yeah. Uh, yeah, do Res- a second Evolution R. yeah, Resonance of Fate would be a great Switch game. Yeah. You could be Santa. You could be Santa, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> That chapter of the game is so great. Like, I don't know why you did this, but I'm enjoying the hell out of this thing. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, developers. Is mostly is is a very episodic game. Yeah, which is nice. More developers should uh, try that with it within their JRPG structure. But yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I could see Arkham Knights going either way. It's going to depend on, or Gotham Knights, I should say, uh, going either way. It's going to depend heavily on how much they decide that it's a loot farm live service game and how much they mm. decide it's a co-op Arkham game. <laughs> oh my god, get me up, get me up, teammate! Never. I was, uh, half, I was half a second away from getting my Phoenix kit off and being uh, at full health and shields. The fuck is this shit? Oh god! Uh, oh you, god! You do that. I die now. Uh, things that aren't Batman. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's the Embracer report, August twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, Soul Hackers comes out this week. Oh yeah, Soul Hackers too. Yeah, I'm getting uh, you know enthusiastic uh, reviews. Generally, seems to be it's nothing you don't expect, but it's good. So, yeah, 
Oh, I'm still hoping against hope that that finds its way to the Switch sometime next year. Because I don't have the time or money for another RPG at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. In like a week. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Uh, I can't wait to bully you into playing Radical Rescue on stream. <laughs> I will play that on stream. Will you? You better. Um, but yeah. Um, I have something else I was going to say. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, let's. Let's. Uh, we're we're going to hit like one of Firemarine's questions. Uh, but save the rest for next week when we'll have Gaijin and hopefully be more with. Um, uh, okay. Uh, some of these lead into into others. Uh, Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, let's, let's do this one because we've mostly been doing business talk and this fits with, in with that. Uh, I promise we'll get to your other questions next week, uh, Fire Miner. Uh, should Sony have maintained the Japan studio as a loss leader? Uh, could they not afford to do it like Microsoft could? Uh, let's be real. Uh, I, I don't think that the Japan studio was making a big difference one direction or the other on their balance sheets and I'm convinced that the uh, death of Japan Studio is much more to do with uh, the fact that they centralized their business structure for the console division around their North American branch uh, which you know suddenly uh, cares a great deal less about uh, their uh, homegrown Japanese studios. Uh, so they just sort of blew up everything else. I think the real value they lost by killing Japan Studio is that Japan Studio was an, uh, a continual hand on development assistance in various other, like assisting their Japanese third party partners, like how Japan Studio was key in developing Bloodborne. Like, from software needed additional manpower to make that game happen because they were also doing Dark Souls games at the time and they're not quite a big enough studio to be doing multiple AAA action games at once so uh, you there, there really was no uh, <laughs> like you know, having that Japan studio that would just do those kinds of like smaller scale or development assistance projects was really useful, and I honestly think that cutting them was wasteful and mm -hmm. a brain drain. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah, I don't know what their balance sheet looks like. I don't know uh, how much money they were theoretically making or losing. Uh, essentially, nothing they ever made looked like it was being given a huge budget to begin with. Like. Uh, 
but you know, it strikes me as the sort of thing that someone did uh, both as like, uh, well, we're restructuring and we don't want this anymore, and a uh, look at me, I cut costs. Look at me, I like shareholders love me. Uh, and of course, the irony is that uh, they're like they, they just made like uh, noises about, oh, we might do a Gravity Rush film. And that, let me just put that up there. If you want to do a live-action Gravity Rush film, that's one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's terrible. It would make a great... An- send that to your yeah, animated, an animated division. Film. Yeah, as an animated film, uh, I would... Uh, I would be fully interested in it because like, it has a gorgeous world and art style. Their animated as, division has been doing great stuff. Yeah. As a live-action film... It is again uh, maybe the worst idea I've ever heard. Or make an anime. It is. It is an anime. Just make it an anime. Oh my it's god. I have like the director is apparently attached to something I've literally never heard of on Disney Plus. Uh, Secret Society of Secondborn Royals. What the fuck is that? That sounds god awful. I don't know. Apparently, it's fine. I believe it's fine. Is that related uh, to Descendants? I don't know. I'm like the when I Google about it, people like the I'm getting like a Polygon article that's comparing it to things like Sky High and Spy Kids. Okay. Huh. Uh, so yeah, but it seems to be live action. It seems to be a live action director, and uh, the idea again, the idea of a live action gravity. Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, please, please, no, stop. The the entire stop. Like th- that is absolutely a game that is carried by its art style. There's so much about it as a game that's like this is kind of eh, but the style is what carries it. So just yeah. being like we're gonna do that in live action, it's like it's not gonna work. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So if that actually uh, leaves, uh, if that actually produces something, and it ends up being good, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, Sony's really, really trying to expand into uh, film development, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it turns out better than the last time they tried that. Uh, uh, I, like, I like the Ratchet and Clank movie. No one else did. Yeah, I know. They're like, oh, where are all the zany weapons? I'm like, it's a kid's movie. It's not a video <laughs> game anymore. It can't be the exact same thing. What's wrong with all of you? Uh, yeah, I didn't see the movie. I only played the game. The biggest problem with the game version was that uh, they understood that Ratchet in the first game was a huge dick. Uh, but the problem was that uh, because of various aspects of constantly having to rewrite the story because the film was undergoing rewrites, uh, they didn't replace him, didn't replace his character arc with anything, so he just kind of doesn't do anything. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, like the, the most, I think the thing that they've threatened to make that is the closest to completion is a twisted metal oh, live action TV series. Please, dear God, no, why? <laughs> please, no. It's too late, buddy. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's eternally seemingly on the cusp of them showing a trailer. God only knows what that's going to look like. Can't uh, imagine a property I care less for it than fucking Twisted Metal. <laughs> the actual, 
<laughs> the actual correct uh, thing to note about Twisted Metal is that uh, it is a series that is uh, that has two tones constantly at war with each other. Because you have the original series tone, which is uh, what if uh, someone uh, wrote Tales from the Crypt, but every everything was uh, about everything had to be resolved by cars with guns. Uh, so it was just like you know, just dumb bullshit where someone has like a really stupid thing that they want, and then they wish for it from an evil genie, and the evil genie makes them miserable. Uh, and that was basically the, the plot of all of the original ones. And then uh, in 2001, there was a really edgy one. And uh, now every subsequent product can't decide whether it's supposed to be uh, like goof-ass Tales from the Crypt or uh, edgelord bullshit. And given the shape and feel of modern prestige television, this is going to be some edgelord bullshit. Uh, no, no confidence. There's no, uh, there's not a lot of meat on those narrative bones. Are we going to follow the serial killer that wants to kill his family? Or are we going to follow the serial killer that wants to be a millionaire? Ugh. This is going to be worse yeah. than the Halo show. Oh, God. Oh, man. I still can't believe that finally came out and it turned out, it turned out to be that. That was incredible. Ugh. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving back to the original question. Yeah, I think I think axing Japan Studio was uh, ultimately kind of a short-sighted decision. But yeah. I don't have the balance sheet in front of me. I don't know. It's not my business to uh, make that claim without full uh, breadth of understanding, but just if you asked me uh, to shoot from the hip about how I felt about it, I would say kind of a short-sighted decision. Yeah. Uh, uh, do we got uh, anything else that I'd be comfortable asking? I think we're at like, yeah, we're at nearly an hour, so we'll probably uh, wrap this up. Uh, I guess we'll do one more and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Because I don't think Gaijin would have anything to say about it. I have a toddler sleeping in my person at this point, too. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> very much uh, don't want to keep that precarious uh, position for too long, so we'll wrap this up real quick. But, it doesn't have uh, to be that quick, but yeah, this is, I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, this will be, this will be the last uh, question. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Uh, can you imagine how difficult it is for their arcade cabinets? I know that places like Galloping Ghost Arcade are doing their best, but the uh, feasibility of maintaining extremely niche things like Galaxian 3's 28, uh, Galaxian Cube, Galaxian 3, I forget how to pronounce, uh, 28 player machine. Oh, yeah, it's, it's incredibly rare and difficult. Like, just ask anyone who tries to maintain pinball, uh, tables. It's, it's miserable. Like, uh, it's, Especially anything with like uh, heavy electromechanical components, but like arcade hardware is also often extremely boutique uh, because that was oftentimes what set it apart. Like this is a weird cabinet that does weird things. <laughs> uh, so you know you get stuff like the six-player X-Men arcade cabinet that has, yeah. has uh, two screens, and if you've ever seen one in the wild in the past ten years, you will notice that 
uh, more than likely one of the screens looks way shittier than the other. Uh, I can confirm. I saw one of, say, like five years ago or so. Yeah, I saw one like 2019, and uh, one screen was nearly completely burnt out, and the other looked like it had been replaced. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like preserving those, you, you have to be committed to keeping them around, which is why arcades have you know gone away more and more. Is that most places that have arcade cabinets have them essentially as legacy. They don't. They are passive income. They don't have anything else they would put put in that space. So just every so often you empty out the quarters, and uh, if it breaks, it breaks. Get rid of it. Uh, or it's a Dave and Buster's, and that kind of yeah needs different uh, sorts of machines. Yeah, uh, you know, you get those handful of dedicated, still in business arcades. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's. Looking into any sort of arcade preservation, uh, like long term, uh, the the only true preservation for arcade games is things like Man. Like you you cannot like even if there are ex extant working cabinets and like I love extant working cabinets, but I mean those dwindle and like those dwindle to a degree that is essentially unfathomable for like an actual video like. A console video game where it's like, yeah, this game is really rare. There's only like twenty thousand copies of it. Like twenty thousand of an arcade cabinet is like one of the most successful cabinets ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like you, you just you do not see that shit. Uh, so it's important to it's important to be careful uh, and to to just. Even even though you know you want to make sure that those cabinets continue to work as long as possible, like emulation is really the only the only future for a lot of arcade games, uh, especially because a lot of companies like and there are there are boutique boutique companies that do uh, make replacement parts for some of these old kinds of cabinets. But you know, it's it's possible absolutely to replace like joysticks and screens to some extent, but. Uh, I mean, say some jackass breaks your like giant uh, hang-on arcade cabinet that requires you to like sit on a giant motorcycle controller. If someone breaks <laughs> that shit, I mean, who, what do you even look at in terms of replacing that? I mean, best of luck. Uh, I think you look at a dumpster. Is what you look at. You really do end up just looking for uh, cabinets. You end up looking for cabinets that are broken in different ways yeah. and try to Frankenstein together a working cabinet. Uh, and, you know, that is that is not what we would call sustainable in any context. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to the other questions that you had next week, Fireman, or when we're a little more awake and we're, we've got a little more Gaijin. Yeah. But, since Gaijin's not here, I would just like to direct uh, all comers to go check out Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, uh, available in Kindle and Kindle Unlimited and as paperbacks uh, via Amazon. Uh, I don't have the, set, the uh, reading reports that Gaijin has. Hopefully uh, the person who's been reading through has continued apace, but you should join them. Uh, you should. They're wonderful. Yeah, they're good books, and I'd be reading them, but i I'm bad at having like mental capacity to sit down and read a book uh, in this day and age. So, 
uh, don't uh, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, those are uh, those are available and good for uh, those who just enjoy the uh, the narrative uh, ebb and flow of people playing uh, tabletop RPGs. And uh, you can find them by going to Amazon and searching out author Michael Yadimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, because Michael Baker is an ungoogleable man. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's uh, the key plug. Uh, normally we do these on uh, Wednesday nights at like midnight Eastern uh 9 Pacific, but we did this one early because it's because tired, as mentioned. But yeah. Uh, so you can catch us most times Wednesday nights at 9, uh, at 9 Pacific. Uh, but yeah. Um, and we also stream Strapadu. Yep. Uh, stream on Sunday nights, which is Sunday Night Shenanigans, which is focused on multiplayer games. Uh, last week we played. What the hell did we play last week? You you played Dragon Ball. Super. I played that, and I also played something with Joe. The hell yeah, did we what play? Was that? Uh, oh, we played Pokken Tournament. Oh yeah, Pokken. Yeah, uh, we're probably gonna play some more uh, Scott Pilgrim at some point because we had a playthrough near the end of the game. I just want to do some grinding on my own before we do that, so we're a little better prepared. Uh, We do a sporadic uh, Adventures in Platforming, which may try and pick a new day for that, because Monday doesn't always seem like the best day. Uh, But I'm going to try and make it bi-weekly. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm going to want to try and squeeze in another clone Noah day this week. Some near the end Hmm. of that. Um... And yeah, I spor- sporadically stream other stuff. Apex, Destiny, lots Fortnite, of different stuff. Right. Yeah, no, not so much Fortnite lately. Yeah, not lately, but occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally, and yeah. Uh, like on the stream Apex Mobile on occasion. Because yeah. it's uh, actually... It's no, it's, a, <laughs> it's it's like it's not exactly the same game. It's like getting it's to play... A distinct, weird, weird other version of Apex, and I enjoy that. So, it's, it's neat. You hated battle royale games. What a time! Uh, I don't remember that time anymore. <laughs> Moral of the story is: don't write off an entire subgenre of games because you're a stubborn idiot. Try everything. Try everything. If you don't like it, maybe give it a few years. And give it up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, you can ask us questions. We'd like to thank uh, Budai in the chat this week for having had some questions to contribute to us. Yeah, thank and you. also uh, Fireminer in the Discord. Yeah. If you haven't joined the RPG. Hmm? Say what? Uh, I didn't say anything. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't joined the RPG Gamer Discord, you can uh, join that whether you want to ask us questions or not. It's a lovely little community. Uh, uh, you go to the community tab of rpgamer.com and click uh, through to that, and it will give you a Discord invite link. It's uh, a lot of great people to talk to, and 
uh, even if you if you can ask us questions there in the podcast section, but you don't have to. Yeah, it's there's plenty there even without that. Uh, but as for uh, as for the rest of all that, uh, thanks once again to Buddha and Fire Miner, and see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Thank you.